Wow, wasn't that high energy? I want to thank the music artist Max Rosamoff for that. You can find his information in the show notes. As we approach the new year, we thought it'd be awesome to add some intro music. Hopefully you guys like that. If you did, let us know. You can email us at info at craigansell.com or give us some likes out there and subscribe. Talking about high energy, we have the new year coming up. It's time to be thankful for what we have received, what we've been able to gift and be generous to others with, but also to kind of see what worked out there, what didn't, what we might want to change, and also take care of ourselves and consider how we might want to grow. Before we consider growing, though, we might want to take care of ourselves, as I mentioned. And in a prior episode, I think it was episode four, we talked about what was in your junk drawer. That question, though, had a double meaning. One, about a physical junk drawer, but also, the second, a mental one. We talked about all the stuff floating around in our minds and how it can be overwhelming, and we discussed ways to correct it. If you've ever felt overwhelmed or overloaded from so many to-do lists, task lists, then check out that episode. It may help you get better organized, and it could benefit you both in your personal and professional lives. If you've listened to that episode, great. Let us know that you're on board with your career growth journey. But what if you started to implement those organizational improvement steps, and you noticed your to-do list, your task lists, weren't shrinking, though you were tracking and knocking out your to-do items, it was actually growing. The problem may be that you're taking on too much. Enter the title of this podcast, Say Yes Less. You heard me right, Say Yes Less. Did that make you smile or maybe squirm? Good. In prior episodes, we talked about how fast-paced the world was, and it doesn't look like it's going to slow down anytime soon. In fact, it's going the other way. In episode three, we also spoke about being and feeling overwhelmed and overloaded. The discussion focused on two of our main types of communication, email and text. We shared common miscommunication examples of both and how it can negatively affect our emotions and our energy levels, especially as we battle through what I called email volleying. We also talked about potential suggestions on how to improve and overcome. There were some great tips in there. If you haven't, check it out. Those episodes should have helped you get back some of your time, increase your productivity, and ultimately give you some of your day back. By the way, your coworkers may even thank you because the improved change may make their lives easier too. But what if you still have a heavy workload and perhaps feel a sense of overwhelm? you might have taken on too much onto your plate. When I talk about say yes less, I truly mean it. This too can positively impact both your personal and professional lives. However, we all have different, unique situations, and we have to be careful how we apply the concept of say yes less. For many of us, it feels natural to want to help or please others. So when we're asked to do a task or a favor, we likely say yes. Now, I'm a Christian, and I love to help out and serve at my church. We have a very large congregation with several thousand families, and that's a lot of opportunities to engage with. In fact, we have over 50 separate volunteer ministries to participate in. My point is that regardless if we are speaking about work or personal time, we need to be cautious and protect it and control it. 
Otherwise, we could suffer consequences like being tired all the time, increased stress, overwhelm, headaches, anxiety, mood swings, not acting like our true self, overall poor health, and of course, reduced and even poor quality sleep. If you're experiencing some of these feelings, it may be due to taking on too much. Maybe learning to say yes less is just what the doctor ordered. Of course, I'm not a doctor and I don't pretend to be one. So if you're in need of medical attention, please go out and get it. These podcasts, though, are about educating and informing in an effort to help you improve, and in many cases, there's a double win, as I mentioned before, because you can apply it to both your personal and professional life. I believe we learn from examples, so if it's all right with you, I'm going to share a personal story or two to show you what some of the effects of continual overwork or overload may look like. Years ago, I was working a rather large, complex project and routinely put in 10- to 12-hour days in the office with occasional 14-hour shifts. For this project, there were no 40-hour work weeks, air quotes. Now, before I continue, some of you might say, Hey Craig, I work 10- or 12-hour shifts. I can handle it. You should be able to as well. I would normally agree with you on that. There were, though, a few problems for me. Number one. My 10 to 12 hour days were five days a week. Number two, my work calls and emails started well before I entered the office and continued well after I was home. This was in addition to my extended working hours in the office. And three, frequently support was needed on the weekend, and those hours were over and above what had happened Monday through Friday in the office and over and above my morning and evening support. Normally I might say, Tough it out. You'll get through it. Well, when these extended hours last for weeks and sometimes months, it can have very negative impacts on your personal life. Your family and friends can be affected. You may not even realize it because in my case, I was so caught up with, so consumed with my project, it was on my mind 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I slowly became disconnected physically and emotionally from my family especially because several years prior, they recalled the pain and uncertainty of their dad being unemployed. So I pushed on. I believe I mentioned in an earlier episode, my family and I reside in central Florida. Well, I recall one particular day, it was late fall or early winter. The time change had occurred and it was dark late in the morning and early in the evening. I left for work on a school day, kissed my wife and kids goodbye, and headed off for what was to be another long shift. I got to the office. My setup was cubicle-based, so no traditional door, just an open partition to enter into my horseshoe-shaped desk setup with black simulated leather reclinable roller office chair. I placed my keys on the desk, spun around, and went to work. Later on, I swirled around, picked up my keys, and reversed the process and headed home. It was dark again, no surprise there, with the time change. Traffic was about the same. When I got home, I found my kids and wife in our hallway entrance. I guess they were late getting home from school. Before I could offer a greeting, they said, Hey, Dad, did you forget something? I was confused. So my response, What do you mean, seemed appropriate. After a long pause, I took my wife aside to figure out what had just happened. When I told you I spun my office chair around and went to work, it must have been all in my head because apparently I did a 360 in my office chair and just after placing my keys on my desk, 
I picked them up along with my work bag and headed home. My wife and kids were still getting ready for school. They weren't unpacking from school. The scariest part for me, I didn't know what just happened. I actually thought I finished another day at the office. So that we didn't cause the kids to worry, I think we initially told them Daddy was just joking about coming home after work and I had forgot something. Of course, there were underlying questions of, why did this happen? How did I not notice it? And what are we going to do to resolve it so it doesn't repeat or get worse? I did get some help from colleagues on the project and eventually took a day or two off to rest and unplug. So, a potential crisis avoided. Or was it? Have any of you ever taken a long weekend off, maybe adding a Friday or Monday or both to your weekend to recharge your batteries? If, you're, if you have and you're like me, when you come back to the office, there seems to be a mountain of email and voicemail to recover from. That is on top of the normal day-to-day work. It almost feels like you didn't even take a refresher break at all because you have to put in additional effort just to recover from what you found when you got back. It takes you so much time to get caught up. I don't know if you've ever said it, but I need a vacation from my vacation almost as the feeling I had. So for me, the office work started ramping up again. And before I knew it, I was in the same routine as before. In fact, it may have even been worse, though I had some help now, because I still had to quote-quote recover from a three-day weekend. Some time passed, and feeling worn down and kind of crappy with a burning cough and chills, I visited my family doctor. I was diagnosed with pneumonia. He had known me for years and knew about my passion, my drive to see things through to the end. He gave me a stern talking to and said he was debating between sending me home or calling an ambulance and confining me to the hospital. My immediate response, yep, you guessed it, I can't go home, I have a ton of work to do, people are counting on me. Remember how I told you I knew the doctor for years? Well, he said something similar like this, you won't do anyone any good dead. This is a very serious condition you have and you need to treat it as such. He allowed me to go straight home if I promised to work only 15 minutes a day. Not 15 minutes at a time, 15 minutes a day total. In addition, he said he would be personally calling to check on me, not his nurse. If I sounded worse or if my wife indicated that I wasn't following doctor's orders, he was going to send an ambulance for me and medically confine me to the hospital. I obeyed doctor's orders, but at a personal price. Remember I told you how much I love serving at my local church? I was confined to my home during Easter service that year. Not only could I not attend Mass with my family, I was unable to serve as a reader, something that was important to me and that I enjoyed giving back to my community. Fast forwarding, I recovered after about one week home on bed rest, and the project completed successfully. Now I carefully watch for the warning signs of overload and overwork. There was one thing I forgot to mention during the challenging project and continuous long hours. I may have fallen into a trap of working harder and not necessarily smarter. I'd explain it as putting in a lot of effort and time and achieving very little of value. One day, my manager, passing by my cubicle, likely having read my emotions on my face, said, Craig, are you managing your project or is your project managing you? I gave no response, but... Funny how little things like that, little phrases, stick with you. I know because it's been many years since that happened, and I still recall the phrase, or the question, 
word for word. Sometimes, in fact, when I start to feel overwhelmed coming on, I use that phrase to trigger me to rebound, kind of like an internal reset, if you will. This episode was an example of how severe things can be. Maybe some of you listening have gone through this, maybe something similar. We hope that between episodes three and four, and this one, number six, that if you choose to apply even a portion of what we're talking about, what we're informing you about, Maybe you'll be able to get some of your time back in your life. So, about this episode, how do you implement Say Yes Less? Here's how I'm doing it. You can apply it as you see fit in your personal and work lives. Number one, I review my current workload and estimate how much time and effort all my activities are going to take. I might create a daily, weekly, or monthly estimate. The point here. If I find that I have more work than time, I don't want to finish an activity and then replace it with more work. The goal is to load level to something more manageable before I consider taking on more work. If this sounds funny to you, think about it from an outside point of view, perhaps your manager's view. Your assignments may often be late. Sometimes they may not be of the highest quality that you're capable of due to your workload. Or... You might even miss a deadline or forget an obligation altogether. I'd rather be seen as a quality, dependable individual rather than a yes man, rather than oftentimes being overloaded and under seemingly extreme pressure to accomplish it all. Two, when emails come in and I am not directly addressed or asked to respond, I don't. Even if I know the answer or could do the research and provide the info. This is part of saying yes less. You are choosing to say no in your mind. Maybe recapture some of your time where you normally would offer a helping hand. The reason, if I were to respond, and even if I completely answered the question clearly on the first shot, there may be some times where follow-up questions are going to happen because I've now shown I have knowledge on the topic. We have to refocus on ourselves. And this might sound selfish, But honestly, I'm not the only one on the email, and heck, it wasn't even addressed to me at times. I was just copied on the email, kind of like an FYI. So I file it in my corresponding folder, and I move on. If it's a short email, a few sentences, I may read it just to stay up to date, then file it. But if it spans paragraphs or pages, it's straightaway filed. Number three. When my supervisor or manager stops by and is assigning work, I know what I can handle because I completed step one. If I already have a full plate, I may still say yes, but request conditions using respectful negotiation. You might hear the conversation something like this. I can work on that item when I finish XYZ. Craig, I really need this now. Okay, I can switch projects, but will not be able to finish the other task until... Craig, they're both very important. I need them both immediately. I understand. I can't work on both simultaneously. Which one would you like finished first? Please complete item X first. Okay, I'll complete item X first. Is close of business Friday acceptable? If his response isn't yes, then I respectfully negotiate the latest timeline possible that allows me to complete the task with reasonable time. Now that I've resolved one of two of my manager's urgent assignments, I still need to clarify an acceptable due date for the other. Now is not realistic and is not SMART, an acronym we talked about back in episode two. The SMART part, the RT, 
means that the item has to be realistic, and the T, it has to be time-based. Go back and listen to episode two and check out the show notes if you need. If we're approaching the weekend, I try to negotiate a due date that doesn't have me working through the weekend. Though this is sometimes needed, it should not be part of every project unless that was what you expected with your work hours to be and what you signed up for in that position. If I can't seem to make a due date adjustment with my manager, I may ask who the assignment is for and respectfully request I contact that person to learn more of the project and see if there's some wiggle room in the deadline. Please know, I handle this process respectfully and delicately. In fact, it was sort of a lesson learned for me because I used to take on everything thrown at me, and if that wasn't enough, I even volunteered for work tasks I felt I could complete and do well with. By the way, that was me responding emotionally instead of logically, meaning I wasn't taking my workload into account, I was only thinking about the fact I could do it and likely could do it well. I just didn't think about it fitting into my schedule. Years ago, during one annual performance review of mine, I received some strong recognition for all my efforts and accomplishments. But there was an area of improvement that was documented, and it said, taking on too much and occasionally missing deadlines and due dates due to extreme workload commitments. It wasn't just affecting me. My supervisor noted it too. At first, the feedback upset me. But I had to realize there's a fine line between trying to do all, be all, and overcommitment. So in summary, we used a couple stories to show how overload and overwork is possible and the potential effects on your body, your family, your friends. We covered the three steps to help you identify work overload and level it out and adjust it. They were, number one, create a workload estimate. Remember, it can be daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly, whatever you need, as long as you can reference it and it's accurate. Number two, use your email action filter. If it's not assigned to you, you don't have to act on it. Number three, say yes less or attempt yes less with conditions using respectful negotiated requests. The late Zig Ziglar, a famous motivational speaker, once said, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. I'm talking about step three. You get 100% of what you don't ask for. So, remember, the RT from SMART, which was realistic and time-based, our goal in this episode is to help you get out of work overload and make a realistic and time-based schedule so that we can envision achieving the end and with a set amount of time. So go ahead and start making your one, two, three step approach for the new year and slowly and carefully apply step three. In doing this, we kind of feel like we're hitting another mile marker in our marathon. We make progress by passing another milestone, another accomplishment, and slowly celebrate even a small victory. Hopefully, these tips and techniques are providing you value and maybe even giving you some of your time back and giving you some inspiration and motivation. We're always open to feedback, so please send it to info at craigansell.com. As we start to wrap up the year, let me go over just a few items on our to-do list. If you'd like to know a little bit more about me, please visit craigansell.com, that's C-R-A-I-G, a-N-C-E-L dot com and click the About tab. 
Also, episode one has a brief introduction about my background to give you a bit some further details. Looking ahead into episode two, it was power-packed with resume information and details, and we talk about the do's and don'ts out there, what's common with mistakes, and we followed it with a really awesome download. If you haven't grabbed that yet, go ahead and sign up for our podcast and subscribe, but also use the show notes and click the link to get that, I think it's a four-page energy-packed resume tune-up guide, and there's some bonus tips in there. Oh, speaking of bonus, inside that document, which is 100% free, there's a special link to get an ATS Pro Kit. What that is, is Applicant Tracking System Guide. We give you the pro tips on the biggest mistakes uh, for resumes when they get uploaded online, why they might get rejected, and maybe if you've ever uploaded online and you haven't heard back from your potential future employer, it could be because it never went through the automated scanning process. It got rejected due to the most common mistakes. Don't make those errors, especially coming into the new year. Freshen up your resume with our tune-up tip guide and get the bonus ATS Pro Tips guide, both free. Before you start saying yes less, please visit our website, sign up for our podcast subscription, and get some of our freebies. Just click the links in the show notes. Lastly, if you haven't heard the message, we are here to help. Coming into the new year, Let us know what you're struggling with, and we might be able to put a podcast episode together to help you. This has been Craig Ansell as we approach the new year, wishing you a very Merry Christmas and an upcoming Happy New Year. We turn problems into potential and issues into opportunities. Blessings. See you next time.